Now, I don't know if you've heard about this. Okay. Here's something that the listener would never... Oh, we're like in it. We're recording. Well, I'm just saying, like, the listener wouldn't necessarily guess this, Mm -hmm. but it's something that came across my attention earlier this morning, and I thought, man, this is weird. What if I told you there's a documentary, and we're not talking about Lake Lanier right now. We're talking about your hometown. There's about to be a documentary released. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The lovely Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser, is the narrator. Mm. And this is a documentary about the story behind the true story and the untold truth behind the Cabbage Patch doll. Now, I know what you're thinking, listener. Look, we get it, guys. You guys like the 80s and you grew up with it. No, I'm not saying that I had a Cabbage Patch doll because I didn't. But what you might not know is in the hometown Mm. where Tyler and my wife grew up Mm -hmm. is the successful origin. And I say it like that because there's a theory here that this guy's straight jack stole the idea of about Cabbage Patch. Yeah, he did. And and then uh, went on it. But anyhow, it's about to premiere, I think, in theaters around Thanksgiving or something like that. But the trailer is intense. And what's cool is I wonder... You know how much of your hometown is going to be uh, mm. is going to be shown. Well, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, actually, but I kind of have like a personal like sort of connection. So my mom, well, let me go back. So Xavier Vendetta, I, you have a personal vendetta, <laughs> a vendetta against Xavier Roberts. So a guy named Xavier Roberts, who I you know went to church with his family like my whole life. You know, shout out Blue Creek Baptist Church, is still sixty members strong. No, I haven't been there in years, but... Uh, well, now they did... Dr. Wilson did pass on. 59. Yeah, 59. Yeah, one of the deacons did pass on. Um, <laughs> no, Xavier Roberts was a nerdy little dude. He would later come out as as gay. So, you know, back then you can imagine he was like kind of picked on. And my mom was actually pretty good friends with him growing up. And apparently her sort of account for the whole thing is he really didn't have a ton of friends at school, and he would hang out with, you know, I can't, I can't think of the, the lady's name, but he would hang out with, with this older lady that was like a couple houses down the road. You know, she was kind of like into crafts. She would, she would like, you know, knit a lot of stuff, and like she was just one of those sort of southern, you know, interesting old ladies who would like make those like little like corn dolls and like stuff like that. Like if you're from the south, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like folk, folk art stuff. It's, yeah, it's kind of like folk art, but but instead of, you know, like artwork, which is what you usually think of when you hear like folk art. Like th- like she was making always making like little like dolls and like figurines and like that kind of thing. And so apparently she basically taught him how to make those things. And then he, I, I don't know if, you know, I need to ask my mom about this. Because that would be an interesting episode. I don't know if he sort of took this design that she had kind of made, you know. Because I mean, all it is is like a, it's like a, like a sock or like a, like uh, like pantyhose, like the face, yeah. and then it's like twisted and weaved, and then like the eyes are painted on, the mouth's painted on. But he basically took her whole thing and then just you know blew it up and it turned into like a an absolute craze and may yeah, have even yeah. created. When you see the tra- trailer, you'll know what I mean, but it may have like created what we now know of as like that Black Friday sort of just nuts. Yeah, I think so. Tickle me, Elmo, just bizarre stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't mean for you to tell us, you know, the whole, 
backstory. Well, I just wanted to kind of, you know, I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up. Well, no, I the 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 reason that I say that is I wonder if any of that is even in this documentary. I'm not sure, but <laughs> what do you think about this? Howdy, folks. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Hey, pal. Hey, man. Gosh, you nailed that compared to my flood last week <laughs> well the problem is is if you miss the very first one whoever is doing it the other person is going to make fun of that person relentlessly well that reminds me i just love the way sometimes whenever i do get a chance to kind of like listen back to the episode mm-hmm. you know weeks or months later after being just immersed in it in editing oh yeah it's just hilarious how we just over time well, with the podcast, that we've been able to capture how we essentially just passive-aggressively insult each other constantly. Constantly. And we've been doing it for like 20 years. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and so it's just, oh, man. It's just like it's like best friend encouragement with just like a little sprinkle of, of yeah. harsh insult. Mm-hmm. An example that I thought of the other day, actually, as this okay. comes to mind, is I remember it's like, and this was when we were in the band, but just, you know, here and now, here, here and then. Uh, is that a phrase, here and then? Here now and, and then. then. Now uh, and then, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of Jane when she was little. I'd be like, hey, how's it going? So far, so how? I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, No, oh, every now and then when, you know, as 40-year-olds, we'll be like, man, you know what? I'm going to get in shape. We're like, heck yeah, man. Oh, but come like on, back man. in the back in the days when we were on tour and stuff, I'd be like, you know, now that we're off tour and stuff, I'm gonna like get back in I'm in the swing of things, I'm gonna go running and stuff. And Tyler'd be mm-hmm. like, Yeah, man, that's awesome. Just, you know, don't work out too hard because you tend to get real big easily. Yeah, he does. And it's like, oh like that kind of stuff, man. It's just <laughs> I just thought about that the other day and just started cracking up to myself because I'm sure other friends do that. Mm-hmm. But is it just our brand of humor? Just kind of insulting each other? Well, I think it's a way of keeping each other on our toes, making each other the best that we can be. Yeah, true. I uh, didn't mean a to lot derail people, you, man, because I know this week, this is your chosen topic. Yeah, so this week's episode, in a way, is kind of hard to put your finger on, but in a way, it's basically this. When we think of growing up, especially our generation, growing up in the 80s you know, and 90s, like there were these sort of urban legends, which... You know, a lot of times you hear the the term urban legends and you think like, oh, it's got to be like spooky or Mm -hmm. it's got to be whatever. This isn't completely that. I mean, there are some, but for the most part, it's almost like a, I don't know, what would you would call it? It's almost like... Like viral mm -hmm. urban legends? Before the date, like this concept, honestly, is one of the most fascinating things to me because... Me too. All of these types of stories... Mm-hmm. Somehow, yeah, right. traverse the globe without it's amazing uh, social media, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like, how did I hear about that 
on the other side of the yeah. world at some international school. It's it's just incredible to me. And and it, we got to be honest with it. Can I be honest with them for a second, Tyler? Hey, man, let's be honest. We're in the trust, We're in the trust tree. tree, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The weather here has been in the upper 50s. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time Tyler wakes up at noon, it's back up to 70. But still, it's cooler weather. And, and this is the last episode until we start the October Spooktacular, our annual spooky celebration, our love for Halloween, our love for all things scary and spooky. And mm-hmm. we can't help sort of start leaning in that direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're right, man. Like whenever I hear the word urban legend, I think of the scary ones, you know, like oh, there's going to be a hook attached to my window whenever I get home, you know, yep. like the, yep. the classic ones. So I'm interested to hear some of the ones that don't really fit in that mold that you've gotten. See if I heard about them in Indonesia. Yeah, I, I am curious to see because it is, I mean, a lot of these, you know, like Woody said, a lot of these have made the made the rounds, you know, internationally. And it is pretty fascinating to think like, how does this happen? Is it, you know, was it done by like, you know, back in the day, like pen pals, that was kind mm. of a big thing. Yeah. Like, is that how they kind of made their way? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really interesting. So all that being said, we're going to kick off with uh, one of my all-time favorites, and that is Marilyn Manson. So Marilyn Manson, uh, this actually would have been... Yeah, I was back. I was, yeah, I was back yeah. here in the States by then. So I definitely yeah. have heard of this one, but go ahead. Uh, this one, uh, if you have little ears in your room, you may want to cover those little ears. But this one was about Marilyn Manson having a rib surgically removed so he could his own... Yikes. And, uh, th- I mean, this one was, I would it say. It was everywhere. The, it, it was everywhere. And the interesting thing is, I think the, uh, well, the, he had two urban legends. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember the <laughs> other one? Yeah. So. Fairly certain you told me that one. This is like before the internet was super, well, no, it wasn't before the internet was super strong, but it was, uh, you presented the second one to me back in the day, like it was the real deal. And then I looked up the two and I was like, no, pal, that's impossible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, although I you will say it. it no, you, I didn't. You believed it. Well, maybe I did originally. And that is this other urban legend of Marilyn Manson being Paul Pfeiffer from one of my favorite shows of all oh, time, yeah. The Wonder Years. Yep. The interesting thing is regarding the first one. So Marilyn Manson was much like, you know, David Bowie, Alice Cooper, he was sort of like like into like the sort of shock rock mm-hmm. kind of thing. He was all about like sort of, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, the the Dove, urban mm-hmm. legend. It was about like, you know, getting a response from people. Yeah. And, and every, that was like his, every aspect of his persona was like yeah. performance, right? I mean, a yeah. lot of artists nowadays, you'd like, uh, not even in that sort of like dark, sort of quote unquote, demonic music sort of genre but i the first one that comes to mind for me would be like lady gaga or um oh man what's her name uh oh sia yeah sia right yeah like all Mm -hmm. of those things it's a different type of performance Mm -hmm. in what they're wearing and what they're doing and marilyn manson very much took advantage of that genre that 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 his listeners would sort of appeal to and sort of embraced all the rumors, really. But, I, dude, before you dive any deeper into this one, I, I got to say, this is one of those 
I don't think there's a person on the planet that is our age, maybe a little bit younger and maybe a little bit older, that did not hear about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, if if I would have, like, back in the 90s, even 2000s, if I would have went to, like, like, you know, say we were playing a show or something, and I would have said the word, Mar- or, you know, the name, Marilyn Manson, I mean— before anyone said anything like, oh, I like him, I like his music, they'd be like, oh, yeah, what about his ribs? Good <laughs> <laughs> Lord. It, like, preceded his, his, like, that was his whole thing. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, like, for what he sort of stood for and, like, what he was going for, it was, I mean, it kind of worked, you know? Yeah. I like, just, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually secretly started it. Yeah, yep, yep. I you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, too, yeah. And actually, it kind of, his whole thing kind of reminds me, it takes me back to the Andrew W.K. episode where every little decision, every little thing is very calculated Mm -hmm. on his sort of rise to stardom. And I I really like, you know, applaud those kind of people because I think it's pretty genius. Because it's like, you know, it's one thing, you know, especially with like Andrew W.K., it's one thing to be like, you know, really good at what you do, like really good at songwriting, really good at like a penchant for like hooks, really good at like writing good parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like most people like work their whole lives to do that. Right. And and so you're taking that and then that's like, oh yeah, I've already got all that. Now I'm going to create this whole sort of persona, this whole like sort of mystique and mystery like that's surrounding that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's fascinating. Let me ask you a question. Can people achieve that now? I mean, obviously, Andrew WK pretty much has up until yeah. this point. And mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about the Andrew WK conspiracy, it's one of our favorite episodes that we've ever done. Oh, yeah. You can hear about that here. Hear more about the mysterious Andrew WK on That Would Be Rad, Season 2, Episode 4, The Andrew WK Conspiracy. Can people... I just feel like it's harder to achieve that because... Everybody's got a phone yeah. in their hand. And we've talked about this before where, you know, I remember it was a big deal when the guys from Oasis got haircuts. And all mm. of a sudden you're seeing this new, the, the, the promo artwork and stuff for their upcoming album. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. they shaved their heads? Yeah. They used to be like shaggy. Like, what happened? You know, that yeah. kind of crap wouldn't exist now. It's like, no. in some ways it's kind of cool because I think in a lot of ways it sort of... Um, brings in the human aspect of these people that so many people it. kind of like look up to and stuff. Yeah. But in other ways, it just removes that like it sucks. Anticipation and like, oh man, I can't wait until I see, you know, hey Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hate it. You know, I mean I remember like you and I getting like subscriptions to like Enemy, which was like mm-hmm. like a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Just so we could get like sort of behind-the-scenes photos mm-hmm. of, like, the Strokes. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know, like, the yeah, yeah, yeahs. And, like, th- it just doesn't really exist. Mm. Um, I don't know. I-, I feel like it sort of demystifies a lot of the... Especially with, like, something to us, like, rock and roll. Yeah. You know, it is this, like, magical kind of thing. And I do feel like... I mean, yes, there's, there's some great bands out there now, and... And they're doing really good stuff, but it's like there's 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 like a little bit of that like 
sort of respect for like that art form and like that love for like that sort of whole th- that every that it like sort of encompasses that mm-hmm. whole sort of magic of like rock and roll and it like it was paved by like you know our f- forefathers like these you know Robert Johnson and blues legends on to like 60s like you know Brit bands and and you know then like you get into punk and all that stuff is like so important to us and that like it sort of worked its way into like how we made music ourselves whereas now it's kind of sucks because you ask these kids you're like oh that's cool it like it sounds like you're doing a little bit of this it's you know it sounds like marquee moon Mm -hmm. it sounds like oh it sounds like tom verlaine from television and it's like these kids have no idea like Mm -hmm. what you're even talking about because like i think for us it was always a way and this is such a a detour from this whole episode but yeah I think for us, it was always like, oh, well, we'll all, we'll do our best to try to make something that was as good as like the legends that came before us. Yeah. But and and sometimes not even like as good because it's so, sub- well, I guess this is subjective too, but uh, like to, as timeless, right? You can put yeah, on right. certain Queen songs and it would be just as popular today as it was back right. then. Same with right. cars, same with television, same with. Mm-hmm. So many of these Marilyn Manson. I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're mm-hmm. to me, like especially their early stuff is so timeless. Uh, I say early stuff. I mean, once they, you know, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Basically, that album to me is just timeless. If forever yeah, right. it could come out at any year, and it would be like, man, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. There's certain U2 albums that are like that as well. Oh yeah, dude. But let's get back to Urban Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So after these messages, we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pretty good place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. So all that to say that, you know, we kicked off with Marilyn Manson, and no, he was not Paul Pfeiffer. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, he he never sort of debunked the, the 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 you know the urban legend that he you know got his ribs removed. Mm, so he yeah. His own. Well, we didn't um, say it all the way again, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but he did in his autobiography. He finally did come out and say, which is. Such a funny little blurb. He said, if I really got my ribs removed, I would have been so busy <laughs> my own on the Wonder Years instead of chasing Winnie Cooper. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and I think that speaking of Winnie Cooper, holy smokes. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she one of my was first like, my, like real crushes, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. And God, what a good show, man. That yeah. show was just like, 
especially now that we're getting into like the Halloween season. Um, you know, I think back to like the Halloween episodes and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, you like, I don't know, like the leaves falling, and it just mm -hmm. felt kind of like fall. Yeah, you know, man. yeah, pretty awesome. All right, moving on. This one is a little bit, a little spooky, and that is, well, first let me set the stage. So I think, I this, this, when I first heard this, I would have been, I think I've done the math right. I would have been in like fifth grade. And I remember when I heard this, it was my mom and her friend were like talking about this. And again, this is like pre-internet. This is, so again, like how these things got started and how they sort of like made their way into communities slash around the world is again, so fascinating. But I remember when I first heard this, this was one of those things that sort of it sort of opened my mind to the fact that like, wow, this world is kind of a lot more dangerous than than I've ever thought it was. Yeah. And that is this urban legend about hypodermic needles mm. being poked through the back of theater seats mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or on the theater like armrest. Yeah. And, you know, this was at the height of the, like the AIDS mm -hmm. scare, like HIV. And it was just one of those things that like, I just re I remember it made such an impact on me because, you know, it was one of the, it was one of the first times where I remember my mom being like, "Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's true, so like, you know, we really got to be careful." And yeah. <laughs> but you know, then like, but did we do anything different when we went to the theater? No, 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 no. Yeah. we immediately forgot about it. Probably. Yeah. However, this is actually there is some truth in this. It turns out that, you know, later, it, so the original thing was like it was in theater seats. You know, you, you can imagine those sort of, um, you know, woven, threaded, like mm -hmm. crappy old theater seats. They had like the metal bottom, they like swung yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, super uncomfortable. But yeah, they would stick these like little needles. Uh, and I'm not sure if they were saying that they would like break them off or like, I think there's some where people would like reach around and, and poke you with one. There were, it was sort mm. of, multi-tiered uh there was another myth that was associated with this and i don't remember this but when looking it up that i guess they would basically stick a needle upside down in the like the coin slot yes payphones. yeah yep that's i remember that one too yeah oh so really? like whenever you're going for that. your change you know it would stick you oh see i don't remember that one and i i i've never heard it's of that. like for at to what end uh like what you know what i mean yeah well i i think originally well, and this is how my mind sort of processed it. It was like, oh, well, there's there's these, you know, these people out there that are, like you know, they have AIDS, so they're just, they're definitely going to die. And so it's just sort of this death wish, and they've just mm. kind of, like, gone nuts. And they're, they know that they have this limited time to live, so they're just like, well, I'm going to take everybody with me. You know, it was very dumb, but I remember that was sort of the, uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of not really competent uh, motivation, but that's what it was. Mm. Especially growing up in a small town where, you know, it, it's not like we heard about like the AIDS epidemic a ton, you know, other than like, you know, when Freddie Mercury, I became obsessed with him and that's how I kind of mm. learned about AIDS. But, but anyway, uh, it would eventually also go on to, and this was later, I think, to them being hidden in like the handles of like gas pumps, like mm, I never heard of that one. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah I haven't either. 
But anyway, this actually did turn out to kind of be true. There was a man who was a like a prison guard, um, and this would have been in 1988, I think, and basically this prison who was known to have HIV had his blood somehow, you know, they had gotten a hypodermic needle syringe into the prison. He had got his own blood and an officer was like trying to detain him and he would stab him and, you know, inject his blood into him. You know, you would think, oh, well, this, you know, that just sounds too far-fetched. Well, the dude actually did die seven years later, hmm. which is really, really sad. But I did learn that you actually have a one in 300 chance of contracting HIV if that ever did happen. So hmm. good news, bad news. Yeah. The next one is the, and God, I heard this so many times as a kid growing up, and that was never get a shower or take a bath or anything during a thunderstorm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Remember I've those? heard that, yeah. My, it was like my mom or, or like my grandma or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. My, I remember distinctly my mom like rushing into the into the bathroom. I'm t- taking a shower as yeah, like same. an eight-year-old or something. She's like, get out of that shower. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's You know, like, is there an AIDS needle? What's And, <laughs> you know, and she's like, no, 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 there's a thunderstorm. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I heard thunder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal back in the day. And, you know, as I've kind of grown up and had my own kids – I guess at some point it's like I just it just flipped in my head and I just assumed like oh this is kind of a joke this is just like a wives tale urban legend kind of thing actually yeah. it's also pretty darn true mm-hmm. in 1988 oh going back to 88 a woman was brushing her teeth in her bathroom this was like in Kansas and in the mirror she saw a bolt of lightning shoot out of her toilet while she was brushing her teeth. Good Lord. And it, like, damaged her bathroom and everything, which is I mean, so just, scary. Just imagine if she was, you know, having a... Hey, man. Just if she was... No, I'm saying, like, if she was sitting on the toilet when that happened, it would be a little bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. So you can't even sit on the toilet now whenever you're whenever there's a thunderstorm? So yeah, I, I actually, true. I actually, I have to admit, I actually Googled this not too long ago. We had a, a, a series of pretty intense storms come through mm-hmm. uh, about a month, two months ago. Yep. And I don't remember why, but, you know, we needed to go somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was thundering and lightning really, really bad. And I thought, man, I really got to get a shower though, you know? Yep. And I Googled it. And, and if you don't mind me kind of jumping in here. The reason in there. why and how it can happen essentially is in the rare occasion, somehow your home is struck by lightning. That electrical mm-hmm. current has to travel somewhere, right? And so if it hits and it's traveling through the plumbing uh, yeah. of your home, then that current could go through, uh, you know, where you're showering and stuff and essentially use right. you as a, as a... Like the exit. Yeah, basically, basically it would come through you and then and then... You know, go through you. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I also think it has something to do with because it can like electrify your your whole sort of plumbing system, kind of like what you're mm-hmm. saying. But I, th- I don't even know if it has to hit your house. I think if it hits mm. the ground where your, you know, say your sewage is, and somehow the charge can like yeah. come through the pipes and stuff. I don't know. In 1989, the year later, which this was an interesting one, a lady in the UK was thrown completely out of her tub. 
Oof. With only minor injuries, though. Man. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Also, and then up into 2008, a teenage girl named Felicity Wishkino was electrocuted while taking a shower, but actually did survive, so. Wow. Pretty cool, yeah. Next one, and this is one that I remember... I remember hearing about, but it didn't phase me in the least. And that was about McDonald's cheeseburgers. <laughs> okay. You know you uh, know about this one? No. That they'll uh, like outlast the nuclear holocaust because well, they're just made of plastic. I mean, that's one hundred percent true. Well, actually you're kind of you're kind <laughs> of I, on it. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So apparently the myth was that and I, I had to look for this because like it was like sort of a vague memory, but it was that the they were so like fake and there was so much sugar content in the buns that it was actually considered a confectionery item. Hmm. So basically it was the equivalent of like a Little Debbie snack. Nice. But it was offset by if it had pickles on it. Here we go. It, you know, it made it through like the the FDA you know, like whatever the regulations were there. Yeah, what, okay. yeah, yeah. Whatever the standard was, that if it had pickles on it, then it was considered like, you know, it it reached a certain level of like nutritional value <laughs> to be made like a a food. Nice. That was not true, but boy, I heard that as a kid, like growing up. I feel like there were more McDonald's ones, but I can't remember. Do you remember any? Other I mean, ones? I don't remember a McDonald's one. Other than, uh, no, not a McDonald's one, but I do remember like a talk. I don't know if this is true to this day. I have no idea. But I, the only fast food sort of thing that I remember hearing at some point was that the meat for Taco mm. Bell basically gets brought in by a giant, you know, those big sort of water truck looking things. And then oh, there's just yeah. like a hose that connects to the Taco Bell thing. There's a, a, a sludge of uh, ground meat. Yeah, that, uh, that gets deposited. Well, I can, I can add on to that. So, uh, and we still go by Taco Bell every now and then. God, it's so good, man. I mean, you got to, you know, it is so every good. Every now and then, but then when you do, you remember why you kind of space it out so so oh, far from one, yeah. you know. Hey, so what's your what's your go to at Taco Bell? Well, it used to be. I, I love the old. Do you remember the double decker? Double decker. It's like, like a pizza thing. No, no, it is like a. Flour tortilla, mm-hmm. and then they put like I don't know, like beans or something to kind of almost act as like an adhesive, almost, and then <laughs> a food ad- adhesive, an edible mm-hmm. adhesive, yeah. uh, and then they put like a, a hard taco shell, and then you have your regular taco on there. So basically, it's just there's no need for it, right? You just got mm-hmm. an extra tortilla on the outside uh, for yeah. the fun of it. So that used to be uh, that, but you know, I don't know. Do you remember when I was a vegetarian? on tour and the only thing I ate was bean burritos from Taco Bell. I can't eat those that anymore. so dumb. Well, I just wanted to be vegetarian for a little while and we were so poor that Taco Bell was our go-to sort of for a while. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man, I don't know. The, like the five-layer burrito, you know, I end up just kind of going through there and just being like that, 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 and then yeah. just having way too much and then feeling terrible. Although, Not only about myself, but just in general after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a... Lifelong cheesy gordita crunch. Oh yeah, that's a good one. God, man, I haven't man. thought of a cheesy gordita crunch in a long time. Dude, they are so good. No, no, no. But my wife went by one night and it was like, you know, super late. It was like midnight or something. And they pull up and apparently, you know, whatever they ordered, they said, "Well, we're sorry, 
it's going to be about 15 months. I mean, 15 minutes. Our meat gun is clogged. Man, <laughs> meat gun. You know? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But I mean, that plays into, you know, your giant water truck. Yeah. I mean, urban legend. Yeah. Up. Maybe that's true. The next one is one that was really terrifying to me as a kid. Like I said, and I've said a million times, I grew up in like a rural area. We would go to a pool at a local college because my mom had like a connection. She had some friends or whatever that worked at the college. And there was like the like Olympic-sized pool that has like the really big diving board. It's where I learned to swim as a kid. And it was this urban legend that if you got anywhere near the drain of a pool, you would become trapped. It would suck you in. You'd never be able to get out. You would drown. Now, you remember this? This is the point of the show where everyone listening right now, go to our Instagram and comment with a raised hand if you remember this one as well. Because yes, dude, I'm mm-hmm. sure all of us had just nightmares about this. Yeah, it, It's made its way into like popular culture, like a bunch of, like I, I can't, and I, I swear, I swear I read about a real case though. Okay, so... Recently, actually. Yeah, so this one kind of blew me away, man, because I'd always heard that, and, like, you kind of think of it, and it's like, well, like, it sort of makes sense. Like, if maybe, like, a kid's, like, really small or, like, you know, but, I mean, like... Like, I I was a chubby kid, man. You know, I would have sunk to the bottom, and then I would have gotten stuck there. I lacked the strength to swim back up. (laughs) This story ended up being really pretty unsettling. It turns out that just since the year 1990, 170 people have been caught in pools and 27 of them have died. This is awful. But apparently there was one kid who sat on top of the thing Mm. and like totally yeah like oh come on no 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 no. i mean you You could have just said died yeah i mean jesus really bad stuff man that's awful yeah really really i was not expecting Um, to say that boy yeah so um, needless to say don't swim close to the drain and you know what sucks man it's like i do remember as a kid being like let's see how deep we can get and then you like put your hand on it and stuff and oh i used to I, i mean what's weird is i remember being really scared of it at some point but then i also have memories of like like making it like part of like a game or something. Like you're trying to like, oh, we gotta like sneak yeah. into this uh-huh. facility and like, yeah, you know, now whatever that game was. Kind right? of coinciding with this a little bit, or at least related to it. I was also led to believe as a kid growing up in the '80s. Well, and I think we've talked about this. First off, that you better watch your step in your front yard. There's gonna be some quicksand somewhere. Here's oh, here's yeah. how to get out of it. Yeah, dude. We were just trained as six to ten-year-olds on how to survive quicksand because mm-hmm. apparently it was everywhere. And then here's another thing. Watch out whenever you go into a natural body of water, there's going to be a whirlpool. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like every... I do every, remember Like that. whirlpools and quicksand yeah. and freaking uh, taking a shower in a thunderstorm were like <laughs> the ways you were going to die growing up in the 80s. Maybe if you caught the wrong movie theater, you sat on a needle. I don't understand yeah, it. I don't understand. Or used a phone booth. Right, right. This next one is one that I specifically remember as a kid, too. So a lot of these 
literally this, a lot of this just came about by me sitting down and being like, okay, what were some like weird sort of things that I remember? And like, I would think of one and it would kind of like trigger another one. And then I started like looking into these and it is kind of amazing how, how sort of widespread or how, you know, something really vague and weird that I just thought was like, you know, maybe it's just like this weird memory that I, that only I have, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's actually not. So this is, and I remember hearing about this, I think I would have been in like middle school because I started turning into like a, not a great kid. Like a goth kid. Dude, the crow turned me into a goth kid. I was like, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd. We were like trying some stuff. And it was this urban legend about a blue star tattoo, like Hmm. blue star, like temporary tattoo. Do you remember this? Never heard of it. It was this like urban legend that there was like this, you know, temporary tattoo. You know, you you would like lick the tattoo. And apparently it was like. Hmm. Or use the faucet, but go ahead. (laughs) Well, but the thing was, was like on the back, like the little, you know, thing would say like lick. And so, oh, like, it was, okay. like, sort of part of the whole thing. The deal was, and, and there were, like, multiple ones. I remember there was one that was, like, a, there was sort of, like, cartoon character, like, temporary tattoos. Mm-hmm. And basically the the urban legend with it was that they were, like, soaked in LSD. Huh. And then as you would lick them and put them on your skin, your skin would, like, absorb it. And, you know, it would just blow you away, you know, mentally. Apparently, the legend comes from, like, American elementary and middle schools. And there was, like, which this is amazing. This is the kind of stuff that, like, I would kill to get my hands on. There was, like, a a flyer, apparently, back in the day that was distributed by, like, parents and schools. And we'll, we'll post it on, like, the, you know, on Instagram. But the flyer shows, like, this, like, little, you know, really terribly drawn like little cartoon mouse with like a wizard hat and a robe and he has like stars that are sort of like it's like he's juggling stars kind of Mm. and the flyer just says up top it's like warning and then it you know it talks about the uh basically hey don't use any sort of you know temporary tattoos or whatever but i guess apparently it's become sort of popular on like internet mailing list and like websites i think you can like order these like you know obviously they don't have lsd but like i think you can find like these black star tat or these blue star tattoos now sort of you know like for nostalgia kind of thing weird man yeah I've, i mean i feel like i kind of remember something about that it was always sort of drug related with kids yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. i think okay. there was like a bart simpson thing too Maybe. I mean, I feel like that would have been like later, but yeah, it was all this whole like idea that, that like, oh man, you know, as soon as you, you did this thing, you know, you'd become addicted to LSD and then you just have to have it, which isn't realistic. (laughs) Is not how that works. All of these are always kind of interesting. It's like, I can't follow the logic behind Mm. giving somebody a bunch of drugs, giving an elementary yeah. school kid a drug right. just mm-hmm. anonymously because mm-hmm. you're just basically giving away your money just yeah. to hurt someone and call attention to yours. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of, uh, well, although I say yes, but 
my wife and I, we're, we like love to watch the show called like 60 Days In. Do you guys watch the show? That Never show? heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, it's about like they take these, these uh, you know, like five or six people and they sort of process them through like a prison or a jail and then they're, they like video sort of the whole thing and, you know, they're kind of put in there as like plants to like get information of like, oh, well, this is how they're getting drugs into prison or this is how they're, they're doing this. I mean, it's incredibly dangerous and I cannot even imagine, but it's really fascinating. Anyway, we were just watching the other day and this lady was talking about how like in these like really bad areas, how you know, basically if you go to prison or j- even jail and you get out of jail and you're like, man, I don't have a ride. I-, I think it's like a common thing that these like these dealers will say, hey, if you ever get arrested, give me a call. I'll be I'll come pick you up. And like that's like the ho- this whole thing to basically throw them right back into the same vicious cycle of like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, well, I don't have anybody that's I have no family. I burned every bridge. Mm. You know, yeah. my dealer said that he would help me out if I ever got whatever. So I'm going to call him. Well, he's going to show up. And then they're like, you know, and 10 times out of 10, when you're in the car, the second you get in the car, he's going to toss you like a little sample pack and then you're right back in it. Yeah. Which is and in a way sad. too, like them doing you a favor. It's the old like mafioso thing. Right. It's like, you know, I'll do this favor for you. And someday, it's like, I forget what the line is in The Godfather, but he's like, you know, someday, and that day may never come, I'm going to call on you and I'm going to, and you're going to just basically drop everything to do whatever it is that I Mm. need you to do. What have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully? If you'd come to me in friendship, then the scum that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if by chance an honest man like yourself should make enemies, then he would become my enemies. And then they would fear you. Be my friend, Godfather. Good. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Grazie, Godfather. Mm-hmm. That's the cost of whatever, you know, the favor is that you're uh, that you're asking the Godfather. But yeah. We'll return after these messages. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. I don't really know how that kind of informs the logic behind giving it to it. Uh, elementary well, the kid, school kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to me that's... Um, I just think it... And it was interesting. I was listening to somebody kind of talk about the origins of all these legends and myths in our culture and stuff and how they parallel over time, the same details are used again and again and again and again 
for some of these urban legends, it's really, really interesting. And yeah, at some point I'll kind of post about about this book because it's really it's really neat. Well, and and that kind of leads me to this other one, which is a very common one that whether you grew up in the 80s or probably even, you know, the 2020s you've heard about. And this is one that I would like to do like a full episode at some point on this. And that is, you know, either your Halloween candy being poisoned Uh, or razor blades being put in. Mm -hmm. So I guess us growing up, it was always razor blades. Like, is that how you remember it? I remember there was one about a razor blade in a candy apple. Yeah. And then I remember that, and then outside of that, I I had heard about, you know, poisoned candy and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, apparently the, like the poisoned thing was sort of this urban legend that was like put out in like the 60s. And I guess sort of the myth or the, you know, the origin was that like, oh, this Halloween candy is, you know, it's poisoned by like Satanist or like occultist in the neighborhood who kind of secretly move into these, you know, like nice, normal neighborhoods. And then to sort of get back at the community, you know, they poison all the children, which kind of goes back to, you know, oddly put motivation, sort of like the, the AIDS needle kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, why would you really do that? But, I don't know. But then I guess then the 70s came around and then it became like the razor blades and candy. One thing that I did find out, I did run across a story that was an urban legend that goes all the way back to the 13th century England. And it was a story about this this kid named Little Sir Hugh. Apparently this kid kicked his ball over the neighbor's fence. You know, this woman would answer the door and say, oh, why don't you come in for a minute? I have some some sweet treats. And I don't know if it was like poisoned or it like made him tired or something, but uh, basically he comes in, he's like under the influence or poisoned, whatever, and then she goes on to kill him. Hmm. Now that's also an urban legend, whether there's any truth to it, I don't know. But that's sort of where a lot of people believe that, you know, some of the origins come from from that. I now, guess. there's a book, or the book that I referred to previously, I do remember this one thing, it was talking about this specifically, and it was talking about the own. there was a case, and I don't know if it was the 60s, 70s, or 80s, but there was a case where a guy had either, oh, I think he poisoned his own kid's candy, oh. uh, and that's kind of like what spun yeah. off the, oh, look out, you know, Halloween candy is, you know, whatever. And he ended up, I think, it just being sort of specific to his own kid or whatever, which is yeah. freaking terrible. Yeah, awesome. But it is interesting how all of these things... How and, they migrate. And, and, you know, in a way, that question that I asked earlier, like, could someone be successful in uh, either creating an urban legend or... Um, I guess just the way that it spreads is just different now because I think mm-hmm. that, yes, in a lot of ways, some of these types of legends do spread with the use of the internet. Slender Man's an example. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, any of that sort of creepy pasta type stuff, that's how mm-hmm. the kids nowadays, I feel like that information, uh, not to sound like a kid from the 80s and 90s, but that, su- that information superhighway yeah. is 
moving so much faster now that oh, these yeah. kind of things are dangerously sort of spread quite easily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know. It's just, it's wild, man. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it even gets, I think it's even scarier now because now, now not only is it able to be spread super fast, now we're in a time where it's like, it's even more so like, I mean, I don't know. Is this true? Is it not true? Right. And now you have like even more scary. Now you have like corporations like getting into it. You have like fact checking like stuff that's like obviously like totally true. So it's like there's all this sort of battle for like what's true and what's what's not, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's pretty it's pretty scary. Moving on to one that was really funny to remember is the Ultimate Warrior. Do you remember any of these? Uh-uh. So apparently there was a an urban legend about the Ultimate Warrior dying in the ring because of a steroid overdose. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds plausible. I don't know if that's how that works, but it's funny. Well, I mean, maybe like heart failure or something. Yeah, it could be, could be. I actually remember, the reason I brought this up is the... the Urban legend that I remember is that he died in the ring because he tied his tassels too tight <laughs> on his arms, or his manager did. Now, please don't make fun of me, Tyler, and listeners. I mean, did he die in the ring? Uh, he did not. Okay. Uh, well, because well, I don't really want to be laughing about his tassels being too tight. No, no, no. Well, suppose. Well. I say supposedly, either supposed, supposedly or actually, he would go on to die in 2014. However, okay. the part, the other part of the urban legend was that he... Um, he was Paul McCartney. <laughs> well, oddly enough, you, you know kind of where I'm going, was that he did die in the ring and they, they played it off like it was like part of the thing. The lights went down, they took him away, and then you would see somebody else basically playing the role of the ultimate warrior. And I remember as a kid, this being like, I remember like this was like Sting was another one that people would say like, oh, that's not like the guy that was originally Sting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, it, I mean, it is plausible. Like they're, uh, these got two guys in particular, like their faces are painted, you know. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be impossible to kind of, pull a switcheroo in the same vein as like the Andrew WK personality. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Now, can we yeah. still, can we pull the footage of the moment in question? So I don't, I don't know. I I didn't even look into it other than seeing that he di- he died in 2014. Yes. But it's one of those ones that I remember so clearly. So I don't even know if, if people like point to it being like, a specific, a specific yeah, match like, a, or like, oh, well, this is the match. Do you, you remember know? how, like, intense those pay-per-view oh, matches huge. would be, you know? Yeah, dude. Man, so much fun. Mm-hmm. The next up is, it's another one that I remember, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you lived in Texas for a while. Mm-hmm. For some, and I don't even know who would have told me this, but it would have, I don't know, it would have been around, like, maybe like sixth or seventh grade. It's like, you know, obviously middle school. I remember there was some rumor about, and it's funny to think of this now because like, you know, back in the day, like this was like, this would have been such a thing that was like so unheard of. 
And now it's like, you know, that well, there's people out there that are like, this could be a thing. But I remember back then hearing from someone that there was like a house in Texas where it belonged to like either like a rich family or a rich, you know, single guy or something. And there were like statues of Satan, like all in his yard, like all, like I mean, I guess it, not really a state, but I think it was kind of like a mansion kind of thing. And the urban legend is like, you know, he had like, like marble tiles inside that would have like pentagrams and stuff. It, I know this is super random and probably uh, I didn't even attempt to look this up because, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that it's probably completely like a localized thing that somebody just made up. But I bring it up because it's, it would be interesting if you had actually ever heard anything like that. Well, well I, I'd never heard anything like that in Texas, but there is a place here in Georgia. We almost did an episode on it once. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's that house. Um, man, I don't remember what it's called. I'm kind of looking through some notes. But anyway, there was this house, like, there's this guy who had uh, a bunch of money, I think, and he either built this house or this this estate that was, and this is like late 70s, early 80s, and it ended up being this, like, site where there was just massacre there. Do you remember mm-hmm. this? And everyone said that there was, like, these drug and and supposedly satanic parties and stuff that were happening there. You don't remember this, man? Maybe. I mean, kind of that. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It just got a little mm. dark, and I remember thinking, like, mm, let's do something else this time around. And who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it. Because it is pretty darn intense and freaky. And there's, like, an yeah. old 80s news report about it that I found. And, uh, oof, yeah, I mean, it's intense. But huh. it's kind of like this one. But no, being in Texas, I I didn't really. You never heard. And of plus, one of those. I was so young when we lived in Texas. You know, like first through third. Yeah. That you know, I don't know. Yeah. So this is another one that is. Uh, I would say it's. I mean, it's kind of well. You'll see. It's one that has stuck with me for. I mean, forever. I think about it probably every Halloween season. Uh, you know, when I'm alone and I'm about to go to sleep, it'll uh, it'll pop into my head. And that is the story of the man upstairs oh, yeah. or the babysitter. So this urban legend goes, you know, basically this lady or this girl comes in and she's the, the babysitter for this family. They're like, hey, you know, the kids are asleep. I remember hearing the story as like there were a boy and a girl. They were like small children. You know, they're already asleep, shouldn't really have any issues. You know, we're going to like a dinner party and, uh, you know, we'll be back at 10 or whatever. And the story kind of goes, you know, the, the, the babysitter, the girl, uh, starts getting calls. Uh, by a man's voice that says, check on the children, check on the children. The story also, I mean, there's like multiple sort of versions. Mm-hmm. Like there's uh, there's one where the babysitter ends up calling the police and I guess like somehow they're able to like trace the call back. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, Is yeah. that right? Is that how you remember? It's something like that, yeah. So like 
man, I don't remember how that goes, but it, basically they discover that the phone call is coming from... From the house. From the house, yeah. Which is so scary. Mm. I mean, it really is like, I don't know, there's something about that, like, you know, just like like something already like being there in the house. That, oh, yeah. That is so much scarier. Because I think I think because it means that like, Instead of somebody like, oh, somebody's like breaking in, which is kind of scary enough. Somebody's like laying Already there, wait. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, They're it's like terrifying. High. This kind of goes almost hand in hand with that other urban legend where it's like the the hand liquor kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like you know, where yeah, the so person scary, is just like dude. laying there asleep and they feel something like they think it's their dog licking their hand, and mm-hmm. then you know they find out that the dog's dead or something like that already. Yeah. Uh, But dude, also, this kind of goes into something that I wanted to bring up in Halloween, and we can completely just cut away at this moment, or we can keep going. You just tell me. But have you ever heard of this thing called frogging? No, but I just saw some show or documentary. I don't know. I happen to... Yeah, there's... um, well, there's a lot of these types of situations. Another sort of urban legend that kind of goes hand in hand with this one is, uh, you know, okay, so like Candyman, right? Mm-hmm. She feels mm-hmm. like someone's on the other side of the mirror, and there's a lot of these right. old school New York apartments mm-hmm. where you just had this thick sort of mirror in or medicine cabinet in the bathroom. And yeah. relatively recently... I would say within the last five years or so, there was someone in New York on TikTok Man. who found she opened up the other side. She just kept on having these weird vibes. She pulled this thing and discovered that on the other side was an entire yeah. abandoned apartment. So it wasn't like a put on. Mm-hmm. Her and her friends, you know, went into the other other side. They kind of discovered that someone at some point had been squatting there. Mm-hmm. Well, moving into this this phenomenon called frogging, it's allegedly it's when someone sneaks into someone's house when they're not there. Right. And then basically lives there without them knowing it. Yeah. Now, when I say that out loud right now, I'm thinking about the different places in my home where, I mean, honestly, that could, it could be possible. I mean, Mm -hmm. there could be someone just living in the attic. Isn't there like an Asian, Korean or Japanese uh, horror movie that has something to do with this? And I'm not talking about... um, I don't think Asian... Parasite or whatever. I'm talking about there's like some lady that's living in the attic. She's got like long hair or like... uh, Of course she has long black hair. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, but there is is an American one that I saw that it's like these like... They're like teenagers that are like sort of living in the house. One of the scariest things that like in my memory that I can think of... Uh, you know, it's like if you're by yourself and you hear like a noise in your house or something. Mm-hmm. Was this kind of a similar story? This guy has an apartment, you know, in some city or something, and or maybe like a townhouse or something. And he starts like noticing, like, man, it's weird. Like, I didn't eat these this food, and like, I think I think he had like roommates, maybe. And so it was always it was hard to kind of pin down, like, well, maybe they're just like lying or whatever, because like he would come home and like. There would be like a dish in the sink and like nobody supposedly mm-hmm. was supposed to be there the whole day or there would be like, you know, half the cereal would be gone or or whatever. And finally he sets up this video camera. Oh, my God. And you literally see 
this girl come out of the ceiling tile. Oh, my God. On top of the fridge. Yes, I do remember seeing this. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, dude. When Davis Wallman got to his Green Lake home, he noticed some lights on. I don't immediately freak out, but I'm like, this is not ordinary. He didn't think too much of it until a strange noise startled him. I am kind of jolted out of bed. I hear rummaging around up above me, which I know is the attic. And so I'm like, that's kind of weird. Davis noticed a light was on in this office, so he knocked on the door, but no response. He knocked again, then heard a woman's voice. Jimmy? Is that you, Jimmy? And I'm like, no, it's not Jimmy. Uh, who is this and why are you in my house? Davis immediately called 911, then a woman, a complete stranger, opened the door and was face to face with him. And I'm like, who the heck are you? What are you, wh why are you in my house? And she keeps kind of going, this is my house. I live here. I've been here for three days. Jimmy said I could live here. Jimmy said I could, Jimmy said I could stay here. Davis tried to keep the woman inside the house until police arrived, but she got away. He's puzzled as to how the woman even got in. Nothing appeared stolen, just a few things out of place. His fire escape ladder was hanging from the deck, and a screen from the bathroom window was in the tub. It's just weird, you know. Davis says the woman living in the attic had dark hair and wore gym pants with a black jacket and white hood. Yep, that's right. It wasn't a freaking scary movie. Dude. It was just an Asian girl that lived in this dude's, like, attic space. So scary, man. Oh, gosh. There's not a whole lot, man, mm -hmm. that realistically scares me more than that concept. Yeah, same. So there's other, like, there's other sort of variants of this sort of the man upstairs or the babysitter kind of thing. Now, we used to do uh, this thing in college where we would break into our friend's apartment. Or break into your friend's uh, sort of uh, speech that he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's Hold on, man. I, this is connected room. to what we just talked about. Hold on. So <laughs> we would do this thing in college where we would break into our friend's apartment and then completely move their furniture all around. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think back then that they called that creeping. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you wouldn't I take anything. I, you just moved everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's also like a thing where, or was this on like a movie? What was this? Why am I thinking of this? There's something where like you do it enough so that the person thinks that they're kind of like losing their mind. Well, that sounds but well, no, no, no. You you do it so like so basically the idea is like you would you would you know break into your friend's house and you would move like all of his furniture like half an inch to the left, right? Mm -hmm. And you would do this like every few days. So by the end of the month. They, they're not realizing it, but, th but then they go to, like, walk past a chair, and they realize that, like, they're having to, like, kind of scooch around because it's so close to the wall, and they're like, what is going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty fascinating to think of, you know. Yeah. So I, I won't, I'm not going to keep this on, on, the, on air because yeah. they might be listening, but it was, we would break oh. in to their apartment, and, like, I'm talking about, I would take the couch, me and my other roommate, we would take the couch, man, and move it like into the kitchen, like that kind of. At first, it was just like oh. a little, a little movement, like turn the TV sideways. Right, right, right. And then we would just wait to hear from them. And sometimes they just wouldn't even say anything. Yeah. Like, in yeah. that case, but then we moved the couch all the way to the freaking kitchen. Mm. And I mean, one time too, I think like I sort of made it to where we had to go into their apartment at the same time, you know, like, oh, hey, man, uh, yeah, let's go play, uh, you know, this video game or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we would walk in and something would be all the way, and you want to talk about Oscar-worthy performance, I had to hold it together and just be like, I don't know. And then they started talking about, like, well, we've got, you know, the Lumpkin County Sheriff's Department. <laughs> 
is coming. <laughs> and I mean, I think they even came and I was like, yep, gotta oh, go. Wow. So, so then we stopped. But dude, it was hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway, going back, there's there's different sort of variations on the the man upstairs babysitter urban legend. And, you know, there's some where it's like the parents sort of pulling a prank or I think the other, probably the second most popular is like, it ends up being like the kids themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know if that's like from a movie, like to me yeah. that that feels so vivid. I don't know if it's like from like an 80s movie or something, yeah. but, or, you know, like the babysitter ends up rescuing the children. You know, there's always that like, you know, they're being like taken away by the police and like, they're like, I'll see you soon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. There, this is like a fascinating one, and I, I feel like this is something that came like later, but it's a similar kind of story, and I don't know if it's like a movie or what, but it's this idea that there's like, you know, same kind of thing. The kids are, kids are asleep. The parents call to see if everything's okay, and you know, the babysitter then is like. Um, yeah, but like this clown statue is kind of freaking me out. Can I put like a, sh- can I like cover it up with a sheet or something? Oh, no. And then the parents say, we don't have oh, a clown no, statue. Oh, dude. Yeah. Which that is so scary. And I don't know, again, I don't know if that's like, like a, like, like a it, cheesy made for TV scary movie. Yeah, something, man. I, I don't know. Anyway, I would look into this and I mean, it does kind of have like grisly origins, which actually go back to 1950. Uh, There was a family in Columbia, Missouri. This girl was 13. She ended up showing up to babysit for this family. They said, you know, if, if you hear any, you know, don't answer the door unless you absolutely know the person. If, if, you know, if somebody knocks on the door and you're, you don't, you know, you don't feel comfortable, just make sure the lights are on or make sure like the porch lights are on. You know, and I think the dad even like, you know, they're about to go out for like a dinner date or a dinner party or something. And he like places like a shotgun by the door and is like, you know, if anything happens, if anybody comes in, like this is how you do it. This is, you know, all you gotta do is like pull back the lever and fire, you know, you're good to go. And the family ends up calling around 10 o'clock and no one answers. So then they kind of get a little weird and show up to the house. They would find out later that around 1035, a call would come into the sheriff's department and they would hear a young woman screaming and begging for help. And then the line goes dead. Yikes. Yeah, they show up. And the weird thing is, is I cannot find anything about this story that tells about, like, if anything happened to the kids. So I'm guessing... Hmm. I guess, I'm guessing they were fine, but, you know, like brutally murdered, really bad stuff. But Jeez. that that's supposedly like where a lot of people believe that that's where that, you know, sort of originates from. Yeah. And, I th- and it does make sense, the fact that, that, you know, there was a call to like the sheriff's office. So that sort of, you know, I mean, this, the story's embellished and it's brilliantly created whoever came up with it. But it would sort of add that element of like a phone call to the police and and all that kind of stuff. Here's another one that 
I always used to hear about and I never really knew much about it. And I did look it up and there's really not a ton on it. But there's a place in Kansas called the Stoll Cemetery. Okay. And it's like an old, like, demolished church. And I think there's like a, you know, it's like completely dilapidated. And there's like a staircase that goes down. And like sort of the urban legend is like, it's like a literal gateway to hell. Whoa. They just say, hey, man, uh, at this church. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I, and and that's all that I remember about this this urban legend. And I looked it up, and I mean, it is kind of a thing, but it's hard to find anything anything more than that. Man, there's another one that I remember, and I mean, it's kind of like the a little bit like the Twenty Seven Club, which is pretty well known. But I do remember back in the '80s, or maybe maybe early '90s. I remember it was kind of like a common thing, and I remember my mom even saying this about how, like, celebrities would always die in threes. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before, yeah. And apparently, it's, like, a, a thing. It's literally called the celebrity death rule of three. I mean, pretty interesting to find that it was a, an actual, you know, kind of thing. There's another one, and this is, like, this is kind of the one that I think we've all heard of growing up in the 80s, and that is alligators in the sewers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Do you remember, like, when you would have heard about this one? I mean, no, not exactly timing-wise, but it, it's also one of the either alligators or, like, giant pythons, you know, coming up through the mm-hmm. through the toilet in Florida and that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the way I remember it, it, it's someone illegally purchased a pet and yep. then didn't know what to do with it, so they uh, basically put it in the sewer, and then that, mm-hmm. that animal, you know, thrived in there somehow, <laughs> somehow, and yeah. uh, and then ended up kind of uh, making its way through town, terrorizing the place. Yeah, so apparently th- this was actually, I mean, not alligators being in the sewers per se, or living in the sewers per se, but this actually was a thing that would happen. So in the early 1900s, wealthy New Yorkers would would vacation, you know, they're trying to get out of the cold and they would Mm -hmm. go and vacation in Florida. And back then, you know, Florida was kind of like the Wild West and uh, they would bring back these like little baby alligators. I mean, I can remember being a kid and you'd go into like, you know, these like surf shops and stuff and you can buy like- Hermit crabs. Hermit crabs or like, or even like, I mean, I remember like as a kid, like, oh, it's like a little like bag, but instead of a goldfish, it's like a literal jellyfish that's, gonna die within days so Mm. you know back in the day i mean even whenever we were young like that was you know pretty easy to you know that was pretty easy to believe much less like back in the early 1900s but yeah they would they would bring these these little alligators and i mean they are pretty cute when they're little you know they're tiny and then as they would start getting a little bit bigger and not quite as cute they would flush them down the toilet a lot of people believe that they're this whole thing comes from, I mean, other than other than that being like kind of a, a known fact, I mean, I could see them surviving, but the second like winter hits up there, yeah, they they wouldn't survive. I mean, right. I, don't I mean, know. I guess if they're indoors and stuff, but yeah, and in the I, sewer, you know, you see all the steam coming out, like, yeah, so like that's what's funny down. about all these urban legends in general. Most of the simple sort of facts are the same, mm-hmm. and then all the other stuff is just different in some way. Like, I never heard about them taking them back up north 
as yeah. far north that, you know, where they wouldn't thrive. It was mainly just these people in Florida in or in warm states, you know, in Georgia and that kind of thing. Is that, again, instead of a hermit crab, they're picking up baby alligators uh, for mm-hmm. their kids, which is weird. Um, yeah. We will return after these messages. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. This is Joshua Cutchin, and you're at my home for weirdness. That would be rad. And one of the things about the the whole alligator in the sewer thing, I feel like there's no possible way that Eastman and Laird weren't sort of inspired mm. by that. By at yeah. least at least like placing the turtles like, you know, living in the sewers. Right. And so for those of you that have no idea what Tyler is talking about just out of the gate, he's talking about Eastman and Laird, the the creators and the writers for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, their famed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which, by the way, uh, I think just came out on Paramount. Mm. Have you seen the new one yet? Mm-mm. You need to watch it. I mean, it's pretty good. There's things that I didn't love about it, yeah. but I do like that they're like teenagers. Yeah, that's cool. Like I one has like a braces and like a missing <laughs> tooth or something. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty Yeah, cool. man, I don't know. Just urban legends in general just fascinate me. Uh, not just the fact that how in the world could we all end up, no matter where you grew up, mm-hmm. during the 80s, we all somehow heard about these things. Was it something that started as a you know, news report of interest that then through the grapevine mm-hmm. and gossip and, and you know, all that stuff kind of bloomed into these uh, things that have now become legend you know yeah um i'm not sure wait are we are we done uh-uh. oh okay i was just are saying you, in general no no no. you're no. wrapping me up pal. no man no i i totally agree i mean it really is like you know i think i think this is kind of hard to fathom for kids that that you know didn't grow up in the 80s or 90s you know pre-internet but it is it is like kind of incredible how this this international game of of telephone can, you know, before the internet could like sort of traverse the world. I think it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, even with like the like the blue star tattoo thing, is that this legend has surfaced in many places, including Brazil, Italy, Peru, Mexico, Portugal, Sweden, UK, Germany, Canada, and the United States. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that that was going to be another, you know, kind of uh, like more local one that was like, oh, I just heard about it as a kid, you know, in in elementary school yeah, or whatever. Yeah. There's this other one which is pretty fascinating. And it's kind of like the the babysitter or the killer or the man upstairs. And that is the killer in the back seat. Remember mm-hmm. this? Yep. Yep. I think they also call it like high beams, maybe. Hmm. And this kind of goes back to, it was first noted by folklorist Carlos Drake in 1968 that was collected by Indiana University students. The urban legend is, you know, there's like a woman that's driving 
and she's followed by like, there's like a car or a truck. They're kind of, the whole story kind of amps up and it, it leads you to believe that, oh, this person behind her is like, you know, trying to like, like run her off the road. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of barreling after her. They're like flashing the high beams. Uh, you know, they're like tailgating her the whole time. Um, and I think in some stories, like it even like rams the vehicle. It like, the, you know, whoever the person is behind her, like hits her car even. She finally makes it home and realizes that like the person that was driving behind her was just trying to warn her because it was like a man mm-hmm. or somebody in the back seat that was, you know, some stories say that it was like a mental patient, but they were basically any time that the person behind her would see that like he was raising up to like hurt her, you know, I don't know if it's like a knife or something, he would, you know, you know, flash the high beams or, and I think, you know, that would, that's what eventually led him to like even ram her car uh, was to like sort of scare the killer, causing him to like duck back down. Man. That's like a good one. And I feel like that's been in like a ton of. Yeah, right, right. Even the movie Urban Legends. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. Oh, was that in that movie? I I mean, who knows? I I really don't even remember which ones they covered. But I mean, that one was something like, if you do, you know, don't walk underneath. I mean, a lot of them too have to do with superstitious stories. You know, don't walk under a ladder. The bad luck type stuff kind of begins to to make its way into a lot of these narratives. And so Mm, many of them, I mean, I think it's strange because if you try to categorize what these things, like why do they exist, right? Why mm-hmm. Why would, you could say some of them are cautionary tales. Yeah, right. You know, like, don't right. stay out too late on make-out point, otherwise the killer with the hooked hand is going to get you. Yeah. But then, like, you know, you know, don't sit in the movie theater seat, you know? Yeah, some of them are pretty, you know, motivation-wise, they just, it, they're just sort of, like anomalies, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's weird. It's Other almost than like, just like the fear that surrounded that time mm-hmm. with like drugs and AIDS and yeah, needles AIDS. And, and all that stuff. And, you know, but even then it's like, okay, but where did that originate, you know? Yeah. Well, this story would originate, it says it has been circulating at least as early as the late 60s and may have gained more widespread recognition after appearing in a letter to advice columnist Ann Landers in 1982. It has been speculated that the legend may have been inspired by a vaguely similar case which took place in 1964 in which an escaped murderer hid in the backseat of a car only to end up being shot by the car's owner who, turns out, was a police detective. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's like, I don't know, I think maybe it could have been you know, I, I feel like there has to be more, like, you know, some somebody hiding in the back seat of your car. Yeah. Because, I mean, even as a kid, I remember, you know, when I first started driving, I remember, like, my mom would always be like, you know, always, you know, if you're in, like, an empty parking lot and it's dark or whatever, you know, always, you know, kind of pay attention around you, make sure there's, like, nobody around your car, look in your back seat, that kind of thing. And I would imagine girls are had it much worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, as, for sure. as far as, like, getting the, thir- the third degree from dads back in the 80s. Well, I mean, I think, too, it's pretty scary. I think we talked about this last week when I talked about, like, serial killers and stuff. So I think one of the theories behind why there was just this 
large sort of boost in serial killers and stuff mm-hmm. starting the you know 60s 70s especially in the 80s and early yeah. 90s yep had something to do with like the interstate systems and them being able to travel further and uh, you know then they and easier i guess that convenience of there being places to sleep nearby these they, they didn't have to go on a bunch of back country roads they could sort of pop into a town pop back out pretty Pretty yeah, quickly. Like transient. Yeah, yeah, being a transient uh, sort of murderer like that. And so, like, there's this, that kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's just this, it's it's almost like it's just too complex to sort of, like you said at the top of the show, like, put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. Why we have these things, you know, in that book that I was listening to, it was talking about culturally why sort of scary stories in general exist. And... Mm-hmm. This guy's theory was pretty interesting, man. One of his theories, actually, was that they exist because in our more modern evolution of of human beings and human nature and stuff, we no longer have to, you know, hide from the big scary beast in the woods. So, like, almost as a way of teaching our subconscious how to, I guess, in that fight-or-flight mode how to perform more, um, I, I guess, tr- just to be more efficient in that fight or flight and for survival, mm-hmm. telling these stories and making yourself like think about these things is kind oh, of an yeah. important piece of it all. And so that's why we're, yeah. because I'm, I know, I was about to say, I'm not sure if you were like, the, there's this moment in adolescence where you're just so fascinated by scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to watch every scary movie possible. For me, it was like, you know, middle school and high school. And then, you know, that kind of continued into my 20s and stuff and then kind of trailed off a little bit once I, certain types, once I started having kids and stuff. But I still, I still like horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that that need, that, that attraction to that feel, that feeling of like being thrilled by that scary, story yeah. that you're hearing or watching and stuff it's just a fascinating concept to me and and that fa- you know that kind of trickles into a lot of these urban legends that are on the scary side and then you got hey man this guy removed two ribs yeah he did you know mm-hmm. um i don't know those those sort of like that b- insider information i feel like is sort of yeah. that original viral moment you know that's why it can spread that information can spread so quickly is because it's like oh man you feel like you know something that someone else doesn't and it's a little shocking and or it's a little scary or weird and it Mm -hmm. always has to do with like oh yeah my it's never like a direct source you know or yeah right you know it's always like well my friend's cousin who who lives in two towns over they talked about this bridge that if you walk across it at night Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. always something like that uh, and that actually reminds me, there there are a few topics that I'm kind of saving for later. You know, I, I want to, we've already covered Polybius. That was one uh, that's a great one. And that's, you can find that episode. Hear this incredible story on, that would be rad, season one, episode two, the Polybius episode. And then there's one that I, I cannot wait to cover, but it's pretty big. It actually may end up being like a, a double episode, but that is like the Paul is dead sort of, mm-hmm. you know, urban legend, which I'm 100% convinced of, actually, if we're being honest. There's another one that I want to talk about, but I think it could probably deserve its own episode, and that is, like, 
you know, Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon played along to The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. which is a really fascinating thing. And we, it could be interesting to do like a breakdown of that. So like maybe we watch it. Yeah, I swear, I, and I'm not going to search for it now, but I'm pretty sure I remember seeing on YouTube someone that had synced it up. So you don't have oh, to, cool. you know, do I remember the old, you, like, okay, okay, get ready, press play. You know. It's really cool. I also want to cover, you know, like Gravity Hill, Spook Hill, Crybaby Mill, Crybaby Bridge. You know, you put your car on the, on like the railroad tracks. And if you put like, you know, to push your car off the railroad tracks. And if you put baby powder on it, like you'll see little handprints. It's like, where do these things come from? Man? Yeah, I know, man. I know. I mean, I remember... We didn't have a crybaby bridge, but we did have a crybaby mill, which was like mm-hmm. a, you know, like an old mill, like an old factory or whatever. But I do think that's fascinating. And, and to me, that's so interesting because it's like, okay, it's one thing if, you know, there's a, like the meme of like Marilyn Manson, like a singular guy, if that makes its way around the world, that's one thing. But then having like these, these stories and like that go, way back, you know, mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, 40s, 30s even. And they're all so similar. And more than likely, you're going to have one in every single town you go to. Like, that's even more interesting because it's like, what's what's the the mode or like the, like, how's this contagion like sort of being spread at this point? Because this yeah. is, it's like its own thing. Or is it something that's like built in our like consciousness? It's mm-hmm. like a, a thing that, that, we just all sort of know, you know, mm-hmm. you just have this, like, I mean, I don't know if, like, Akashic Record is the way to look at it, but, like... Well, I mean, maybe know, it's like an evolution of it's the like a old... primitive primal thing. Yeah, like the old uh, oral tradition. Yeah, right. You know, right. and, and yeah. like, over time, a few details kind of change based mm-hmm. on, like, the technology and the and everything that else is, that, that has changed. But mm-hmm. for the most part, the same type of characters and yeah um you know uh stakes that are involved and all that kind of exist in these newer stories yeah yeah absolutely i got a few more before we go and this is one that i'm hoping you've heard of it's about walt disney do you know anything about these uh no so the urban legend which i heard this all through my childhood is that well, there were two different ones. One was like it was just his head, and then two was that his whole body was cryogenically frozen. Oh my god! Underneath Epcot. Oh man! <laughs> Come for the <laughs> Guardians be, of the Galaxy ride. Stay for the severed head. Yeah, exactly. Only to be like reanimated. It was always a little murky, like, like as of far as like him was. when and how he was going to be reanimated I, I think the one that i remember the most was like you know they basically you know froze him cryogenically but then they were close to being technologically able to like reanimate his corpse but they were just waiting for technology to like catch up and, and that's another one it's like this was like everywhere like i remember yeah, i never heard that oh you've never heard this at no, all and i was at disney for its 100th year. And if they weren't going to do it then, bro, I don't oh, know true. when they would have. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, he was a 33rd degree Mason and a member of the Demolay Society. And Disney was paid for by the CIA and 
Project Mockingbird, but okay. you know, so maybe he's waiting for like yeah. Project Bluebeam or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get back out of Tyler's conspiracy corner. The other one is that, and this was really funny to me, thinking back to this one because I remember believing this when I was like really little, um, and that is that Michael and Latoya Jackson were the same person. I kind of remember that. Is that why they did the 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 joint music video for the song "Scream" so they could just prove it once and for all they're different people? Well, no, that was that was Janet. Oh man, I just yeah, yeah, like that was Janet. Idiot. No, 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 that's fine. I did love that. Yeah, that was a great video, man. Uh, that was a cool video. Yeah, yeah, dude. When he had like the guitar and like the there's like beams. the anime part. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Dude. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. This is one that I think you'll know about. And what's weird is like, I don't remember hearing about this until a little bit later, but it's from, there's a song called Love Roller Coaster. This was done uh, in 1975 by the Ohio Players. So the urban legend about this is that there's a part in the song where I think kind of everything sort of drops out and you hear this like, this woman's like scream it mm. says it's between 1 minute 24 and 1 minute 28 seconds on the single version or between 2.32 and 2.36 on the album version. According to the common legend, it was the voice of an individual being murdered. Hold on, what are the, uh, what's the timestamp again? Let's hear it. Hold on. What's the timestamp? Well, I don't know if this is... If you're okay. playing the one. single version is between 124 and 128. Okay, hold on. Let's see if this is the single version. I mean, I heard a weird sound there. And then what's the other version? The, the other, other one is 2.32 and 2.36. Oh, there it is. That's it. Wow. Oh, let's go back to 2.32. Hold on. Mm. Man, weird. Pretty cool. So the myth is like there was, a mo- there was a woman being like assaulted and you know, murdered in like the next room over in the studio. Whoa. Back when we had studios, kids. Mm-hmm. And that was the legend that like I heard forever. The only reason I even knew about it was when the Chili Peppers version came out, which I never actually loved like that sort of funk. Yeah, version side or side of them, yeah. Of them. I just, I, I don't know, I never got into that, but you know, it is what it is. Apparently, Jimmy Diamond Williams described the incident in nature of the scream. Uh, there's a part in the song where there's a breakdown, it's guitars, and it's right before the second verse, and Billy Beck does one of those inhaling-type screeches like Minnie Ripperton did to reach her high note, or Mariah Carey does to go octaves above. The DJ made this crack, and it swept the country. People were asking us, did you kill this girl in the studio? And this goes back to the Marilyn Manson thing, which is pretty brilliant. The band took a vow of silence because you sell more records that way. Wow. Apparently, the legend would would have come to evolve from an incidental comment made by an unidentified Berkeley, California disc jockey during a radio broadcast in late 1975 or early 76. It spread and mutated in several variations, probably as a result of Casey Kasem having repeated it on the nationally syndicated radio show America Top 40 in in early 76. The most common version of the legend was that the scream was from Esther Corbett, a model who appeared on the cover of the album, Honey, uh, purportedly stabbed by a band member, manager, or engineer during the recording sessions, 
Subsequent variations included an elaborate backstory involved, involving the artwork on the album cover as a motive for the stabbing. Uh, less common variations identified the victim as a band member's girlfriend or cleaning woman. Hmm. So that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I can't believe you've never heard that one before. No, I've never heard that before. And I'd never, I've never noticed that, uh, that part of the song before. So hmm, interesting. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't think I've ever even actually heard it. I just heard, you know, the urban legend for so many years. The other one is pretty short, apparently, in The Wizard of Oz. There is a scene where you can see a disgruntled little person, or munchkin, if you will, mm -hmm. hangs himself in the mm. forest. I remember that one, yeah. That was a big one. One thing that is kind of weird about that is I thought this was kind of like like debunked forever. Mm -hmm. But apparently at some point that scene was like reshot. So the ones mm. are like reinserted into that, into where the supposed scene is. So I'm not totally sure like what's actually going on there because the one that we would have seen, like the one that would have aired on television all through the 80s, and then I think, you know, from then on, that scene was a different scene than what they would have seen before. So Man. I'm not really I sure. I mean, I swear that someone told me that. And a lot of this stuff, I mean, honestly, anytime it had anything to do with movies, mm -hmm. uh, movie mistakes, weird urban legends about mm -hmm. somebody like kind of, especially something grotesque like this, Jeremiah was the guy, the guy in high yeah. school who'd be like, dude, you got to come over, you got to watch this, check it out. And I mm -hmm. swear I remember seeing someone dangling over there yeah I, it's weird because in, in my memory i feel like i feel like yes i remember seeing that but then i also have an, an experience of seeing it when i was much older and being like oh no it's clearly mm -hmm. like a crane like a bird like yeah leaning I, know, down. I don't know i gotta now i gotta go back and yeah yeah maybe when we cover like the dark side of the moon episode uh we can look into some of the wizard of oz stuff because mm. that movie and like Judy Garland, there's there's a lot of weird kind of dark stuff kind of surrounding that movie anyway. And then you get into, you know, back into this conspiracy corner and Frank L. Baum was also a, a master mason and that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and he probably worked um, for the uh, Smithsonian. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The last little thing I want to mention, and we've mentioned it on the show before, this is something that I, I have such a vivid memory of this experience and it was when somebody told me that you can see the ghost in three men mm, and mm -hmm, a little baby mm -hmm. yeah I remember uh, or that. three men and a baby it's a scene where like you see the apartment and i mean i can remember when a friend told me about this and i was like man there's no way come on and i remember renting the movie watching the scene and cold chills like covering my body like it was so scary because it's it is it's shot in such a way that, you know, Ted Danson's in the scene with so-and-so. They're having a talk, and then the camera kind of, like, pans, and it doesn't, like, hang on a, a shot for too long, right. which makes it even better. And so the urban legend was, as everyone growing up in the 80s probably knows, the urban legend was that there, uh, either a kid had accidentally got into, like, the gun cabinet and, like, shot himself, or he had, like, jumped out of the window or something but it was it was supposedly like in the apartment that they were that they were filming in I think in New York the, this kid's ghost could be seen man yeah which again even when I see it now and I know what it is there's something there that's still just like 
it just like gets into that childhood nostalgic memory of just being so freaked out about it. But basically, the urban legend was was debunked later, and you find out that it was actually a oh, that's right, I remember cardboard that. cutout of Ted Danson. <laughs> and I think like last minute before the scene was going to go on, you know, I don't know if they they didn't know where the camera was going to be shot or whatever, because it does kind of like pan over. They, I think he had brought it in as like a joke or somebody had made it for him for some other sort of promotional thing. And he just sort of hid it behind like one of the the curtains, like the window curtains. And yeah. there it is. You That's see it incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Uh, well, I hope guys and gals that grew up in the 80s, I hope this has been a fun little jaunt down memory lane. I know it was for me. And I know there's like so many more that, you know, are eluding me at this point. But if you have your own urban legends or weird viral stories that you had as, you know, growing up as kids in the 80s or 90s or even 2000s, whatever, um, we'd love to hear about them. And if we missed any, go ahead and drop a comment over on Instagram. Uh, We did not miss, just by the way, we did not uh, skim over the hook or the hook man Bloody Mary, or some of those, those are those are being saved for later because uh, yeah. those kind of deserve their own episode. But, uh, but yeah, if you have any other, you know, weird ones, kind of like the Marilyn Manson one or, or, <laughs> or whatever, we'd love to hear about them because they're just, I don't know, that kind of stuff just made our childhoods, you know. I think we all can agree on that. But, yeah, shoot it over to Instagram, drop us a DM, uh, join us in the comments. Uh, if you want to write more of a long form thing, head on over to that would be rad podcast or that would be rad pod at gmail.com. If you would like to tell your own urban legend or localized sort of maybe personal encounter with a ghost or you've seen Bigfoot or, you know, you spotted a UFO, we'd love to hear about it, especially as we're gearing up to our October spooktacular. We're hoping to, you know, maybe play some of these that you guys send in. If you do want to do that, head on over to thatwouldberadpodcast.com on our website where you can leave a a voice message and send it directly to us via the website. And then it shows up on a show and there's cool sound design and we make you sound great. All that being said, we really appreciate everything you do. Give us a five-star review if you have the time. It makes a world of difference for us tweaking that algorithm in our favor and uh, getting us in front of new listeners. If you're more of an organic person or analog, if you will, tell a friend about the show. Maybe they don't even know what a podcast is, but they're really into 80s horror or cryptids or whatever. That's the person that needs to hear the show the most. We appreciate everything that you do. We appreciate all of our our folks that are subscribed to our Patreon, The Rabbit Trail. There's more of what you love over there. And if you're not getting enough on the free feed, head on over and join us on the rabbit trail. Anything else, Woody? Can you think of anything? Uh, I think think that's it, man. Cool, man. Well, we are getting ready for the October, 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 (laughs) Jesus. We are getting ready and gearing up for our October spooktacular. The weather's starting to cooperate Mm -hmm. and dropping below 90, which has been pretty nice these last few days. And we're just getting in the zone. So we're getting excited and we hope that you are too. So, We'll see you next week. We appreciate you. We love you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it goes.
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine You were already dead before you became a ghost You always said our future would be a parade of flowers But now all that's left is a single rose That's the way Welcome back to your favorite. Oh, oh. Jesus. Every time, if you miss that first one, <laughs> it's like. No, it's a bit, okay, go ahead. See, you're, you're, ready, you're ready to pounce. If anything I do wrong, like any millisecond over that I take, you're going to pounce. Mm-hmm. No, there actually is, and this is just, you don't have to, this doesn't have to go on the show, but there actually is some pretty weird. Um, Here we go. Smithsonian. <laughs> uh, sort of. Oh, come on. I mean, not really the Smithsonian, no, but like sort of the World's Fairs, these like infant, like baby, like pods, like pod babies, which was like kind of this craze that they were talking about in like the 1850s at hmm. the World's Fair and like the um, symposium and all that kind of stuff. And they, a lot of people believe that the Cabbage Patch kid stuff, like, you know, oh, look, they're they're sprouted up. They're born in a, you know, under the mother tree and all that kind of stuff. They believe that, like, a lot of that, like, uh, you would see that imagery on these, like, old school, like, you know, mid-1800s, like, postcards and stuff. Like, little baby mm-hmm. heads sticking out of these, like, little Cabbage Patches. And so, a lot of people think that either he was sort of somehow tied into that or it was it's probably just inspired by or inspired or yeah that's i mean that's sort of what i think too but it is it is interesting mm-hmm. okay well, <laughs> none of that'll make it um oh you know what man i did want to bring up what was that who just oh that that was it yeah oh, you're good, man. Shh. 